advance notice with your host, Parks, and why not? Hello and welcome to the long-awaited second episode of Advanced Notice. It only took us a month to get back. Tony, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good today. I woke up a little tired, but I got my uh, my caffeine next to me, so yeah. it should be good. <laughs> so, a bit of a delay. Uh, some injuries to the staff, of course, came in. Uh, producer still hurting himself to this day, so never-ending list of injuries there. But we're going to move on here. Advanced standings. It's been a while, so we're coming back. We last looked at it before the season started, and now we're like six matches in? We're kind of deep at this point now, I feel like. I mean, it's, it's cool, like I, I was hoping this podcast would be, is that we get to cast a lot of the teams, which is awesome. We get to see a lot of the teams in action. At least I've gotten the chance to. I know that you have a little bit more of a tighter schedule, but yeah. you're an expert on Brazen as far as I'm aware. Brazen, yeah. They're, Brazen? They're, see, they're look at that. <laughs> they're, they're doing quite well. Um, how, how have the rest of the season been going for everybody else, though? Yeah, I mean, I think you start at the top and then you make your way down with Mythic. I feel like that was like the obvious choice. Everybody probably at the beginning of the season thought that they would be towards the top, and that's how it is, and that's how it seems to be staying. But I think it's surprising, actually, that Freakazoid is doing really, really well. Not surprising in the fact that I didn't think that he would, but I didn't think that he would do this well so fast. He's like 180R right now um, after maybe four games five games or i think we're six games into the season now six uh, games for them. In, yeah yeah wow. and they're six and oh and he's he's crushing it for them um and moving into premiere like seeing as that's probably where they look to end up or challenger uh that he's doing pretty hot so yeah and it's good to see that he's 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 finding his form he's getting that confidence back because they took he and his brother took an extended break from team play and i know cooper was still doing fpl but right. that's they're both coming back it's it's looking really good and hate is on a good team and that's gonna stick with him finally instead of him yeah. bouncing between rosters which is and, nice and eric's a pretty cool name to see just kind of thrown into this team like you know like i'm sure they they like they didn't have a, a number one name but he jumped in and he's doing a lot of good for them too yeah and i think that's you can attribute that to flum and always being able to kind of pick up those extra pieces that yeah. you know you might not really have known coming up into premiere at the time now it's challenger uh, you think about Sluggy, you think about JoJo. Yeah. Well, JoJo was a known quantity at that point, but True. J-Dubs, J-Dubs for sure, and Daff back yeah. in the past. The, He's also just good at telling players. who fits the vibe, too, you know? Yeah, he, he vibe checks. Yeah, big vibe well. checker. <laughs> yeah, big vibe checker. Uh, and then next to them, you got Touchpoint. Touchpoint's been banging out. I love watching their game. All, their games are always so much fun, especially because I think that they have so many aggressive players in that team that like there's something crazy happening on some side of the map always. I love it. It's so awesome. Yeah, I don't know if you've gotten to catch any of their games. I haven't, but I do Damn. know the players because I used to I used to cast them when they were under UIU, and it was always that kind of same thing. I the the dynamic probably has changed since Matt left. Uh, that was when I last kind of followed them because mm -hmm. he switched over to um, left looking for team. He's found he's found interestingly enough he's found himself on another UIU roster, but we'll get to them in a second here. Um, no, it's it's really interesting just kind of overall looking we've got two six and oh teams right now yeah and this is like the first season in quite a while where we haven't had a brazilian roster kind of just owning at the top true so i don't know i like this competitively it's it'll be interesting if mythic and touchpoint play i don't know when or if that's happening mm -hmm. i think Tix is probably i i'd say his name every cast he's he's as far as I'm aware, they're hard entry. I'm, I'm pretty sure that he goes in for a, a majority of their opening duels, and he finds them constantly. Like he's, he, I feel like on Vertigo, he'll be entering like from like B ramp, and he'll find like three on accident, or he'll go through mid with like a Mac Tana and find a double where he definitely should not be getting it. And it's just crazy <laughs> that he just he like 
quite literally just, just like jungle gyms around, yeah, and he's just on top of them. Dude, sometimes monkey brain. Sometimes monkey brain. Sometimes that, that's monkey fast. brain. <laughs> yeah, and then we move down to the uh, the five two bracket. We have we have UU. Is that how? We, is that UIU. How you it? It's UIU. just straight up UIU. That's UIU. How it's, yeah. Yeah, or five and one teams Uwu. actually. Yeah. <laughs> U, yeah. You got UU, UU, and uh, and of course your bread and butter, uh, your bread and butter. Uh, you Reason. know, br br yeah, that's right. That's the one. Sorry, I didn't want to make a fool. Of Dragons. The dragon, the dragon people. The dragon people, yeah. But like, for for unjustified, Cyrix, 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 Cyrix. Like, what more can you say? That guy is just absolutely insane. Like, he pulls out an AK, he's still good with it. He pulls out the Deagles, he's good with it. The AWP, obviously, his mainstay. And that team's looking pretty hot. I honestly didn't expect Cyrix to take a um take up residency in this team of all yeah. teams. I think he probably would have been a little bit higher on my list for a lot of the teams in the season right now. But with that being said, I feel like what they've put together with this five man is really impressive. Yeah. I think the one thing that concerns me coming into the next little bit here is Insomniac is gone. I don't remember exactly how he was doing statistically. He was playing pretty well for them. He was yeah. playing all right. And um, this roster, like him and Hitman, they played on uh, Kittens last few seasons with, uh, I forget his name. But he, the guy I'm thinking of, he he owned on that roster, and then everybody else kind of was the supporting piece around him. Um, Vicious Kitties, they, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, Vicious Kitties. That's the roster. I remember watching them in May and being like, yeah, they're going somewhere. And then yeah. they made playoffs after two seasons of advance. And then as soon as they lost, whatever his name is, left the roster or got kicked from the roster. And then I think that's now become the Unjustified group because Hitman and um, Insomniac were on it. But yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I didn't really pick Cyrix. I thought he was going to be in Challenger for sure. He was going to find a slot because he's one of those players that um, I think deserves a shot up there. And right now being five soon and enough. one, they're definitely, yeah, soon enough. They're yeah. for sure in a playoff picture right now, top three. So it's it's looking really good for them. Yeah, it is looking really good for them. And also looking really good right now are UIU, um, a team that I actually have not gotten the chance to catch yet, but I know that all these players are very, very capable players individually. I feel like they're all super talented. Penguin, Tatum, Alvin, Cameron, Hisa, like you name any of these names individually, like one versus one, and they can take a duel, I think, with anybody in the league. Like genuinely, I think this team is like really stacked in terms of just individual firepower. Same thing for um for Brazen actually. Brazen, Bra Brazen, forgetting man. <laughs> I, I got it right. Bra Brazen, okay. you got it. You got it. We're getting there. Yeah. Um, Progress. It's like ticks. You, you just you have to you have to hear it once to, yeah. to understand the name. Um, no, I, I agree with you fully. I don't think any of these players really have had a shot in Premier yet, so they're still advanced mainstays though. Yeah. Um, you hear these names. I hear these names often when it comes to a playoff picture um k1's also on the roster i don't know why yeah maybe just roster writing I, I, but I, I don't know i see this as a playoff team as well i don't know how far they'll get i don't know experience level where the, what they'll bring when they if if they do get up to challenge level but yeah it's an interesting prospect for sure and i i think it's again another team to keep an eye on even with yeah being five and one yeah, I think it's a prospect team. I think it's. I think this is a team that I don't foresee being together as a core for very much longer. As a, maybe maybe as a core three, but I feel like at the end of the season, if they don't find where they want to be or they don't end up making challenger themselves, I feel like the top player or two players are probably going to seek new opportunity. Maybe whether that be higher, which I'm assuming will be the case, which would be good for them. I think this is a really good time for them to prove that they have what it takes to play at the top level of, of advanced in a new in a new system and a new team, right? Yeah, which really um, that's going to be really great. Yeah, and then moving on here, we're going to talk about uh, Your Brazen. favorite. Favorite, my favorite team. Yeah. Um, they are doing so well. And 
it's so weird to think about that they made it all the way to a relegation tournament after like a few seasons in advance doing just like just outside the playoff picture or going 500 kind of thing and now they are one of the upper teams i would consider one of the playoff hopefuls one of the people that we're hoping to see in playoffs here yeah um, and they just won that um the egl event that we were just casting yeah out, they they just yeah. won egl i didn't cast it but I, I watched a few of the matches it looked pretty good yeah, um, I got to cast them a lot, actually, and they were looking really good. Sway, and... actually, especially impressed me a lot. I don't know how his stats looked across the entirety of the event or in the season so far, but that guy was putting up some insane multi-frag rounds. Sway is one of the one of the good players on there. They've got three players above 80 ADR right now, so it's it's looking really good. We'll get back to them in a bit, though. We do have sure. a, a special announcement for them. Um, who else do we have? Yeah, special... Well, a special segment, I guess. Yeah. We'll have our first... Or not our first... Uh, who else do we have here? Limitless, Limitless four and yeah. two. Yeah, they they pop in with Atomic now finally being in the fifth spot. He should have been for quite a while. He had to take a little bit of a break trying to figure some things out, I only assume. But now he's back, and they're doing well. They're doing really hot. They lost one game while he was away, I believe. They lost a game um, up against, I think it was the Magic School Bus team at that time when they had Scotty in the roster, and then they lost on Vertigo most recently a couple of nights ago. But being sure, four and yeah. two, especially now that you have your in-game leader back, I think he's the in-game leader. Oh no, he's, I think Mills is the in-game leader. But either way, Atomic is still a very like integral part of this team. I think having been like the forming base, him and Mills. Yeah. Uh, so it's really good to see him back. I think, and he's a very individually talented player. I've been saying it forever that I just want to see him in a rifle role where he can pick up the op, and he's doing that now, and it's awesome. It's so great. I love to see it, and it's working out in in full full swing. Yeah, and I, I do I do like that they have a lot of experience between them all in Challenger. Uh, I don't think says he really had too much of an opportunity up there, but Sluggy with Mythic, Atomic and Mills were up there when they were with uh, Pendulum, Chu, and Scotty. So there's a lot of experience here, and I think that's going to push them forward to get back into Challenger, because that, that is the end goal of Limitless, I think, at this point. Yeah. Yeah, limit these. If the players from Limitless don't get don't get into, or if the team of Limitless doesn't get into Challenger, they're another team that I I expect probably either tries to find their way to another top advanced team, or they just kind of blow up this one and build it new again. That seems to be the running the running thing now is in these teams, especially Atomic teams, is that he just kind of blows them up every now and then and rebuilds again. And every time he rises from the ashes and seems to have a as good as as good as a team as he had, if not better, you know. Anyway, oh, moving on, okay. we got moving Tempest. On. Yeah, uh, that's a team that I wanted to talk about just a wee bit. Uh, they're the only team, as far as I'm aware, at the top level of advance so far in the season that hasn't made a change at all. Um, they, they've stuck together with this five. Um, I mean, there are probably other teams that I'm just kind of stupid or just didn't know, but Tempest is the team that I've been keeping my eye on. It's a mixture between Turkish and American players, and they do a really good job of making that team work, considering that the personalities should like mesh a little oddly compared to like conventional rosters, but they seem to make it balance really well. And they're insane individuals, jeez. Yeah, I, I, I've Brashy. heard a lot of good things Nuts. about them all. I've, I've also had, you know, a bit of misgivings. I know they did a coaching change with GK after a season, and it seems like that was the only change they're making. Which you can, you can kind of tell is like, you know, you want to change the atmosphere of the room, but you want to keep the players. Perfectly valid. Yeah, and they wanted a coach. They wanted Round Cube, um, and that didn't actually pan out for this season either. They, they cut that a little quick. Yeah, so it seems like they're trying to find that extra piece that will. I don't know if it's like a not not personality wise, but if they're if they're looking for a more analytical coach, they're looking for more of a passionate coach. You you have those kind of different uh, pieces. Yeah, I think you compared to like Eric or not Eric, uh, Dren to um like a uh, who who coached um 
Renegades for all that time. Kassad? Kassad, yeah. Kassad was a very passionate coach. And he, I guarantee you he probably had a lot of strats in his book as well. But, you know, he was known for his passion, whereas right, yeah. Ren's more kind of in the back. Like, he works with them after the match, you know. And I guarantee you he has things to say as well. It's They're known for that thing, though, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's I, what Tempest were looking for. Yeah, I think it's just a mixture between finding not only the right fit in terms of what they want from a coach, but I think it's also definitely has to do with personality. I think it definitely has to do with how they fit in, in relation to each member of the roster as well. Yeah. And speaking about how they fit, uh, Oh, and six hyperspace dark. Yeah. Um, you, were I, you said you've casted these guys a lot. Yeah, I have. I've casted, uh, I want to say at least three matches, but I think I've gotten four to this point and it is just super heartbreaking each and every time that I have to cast these guys. Cause they get so goddamn close, man. So close right in the edge, right on the, right on the, the cliff of success. And unfortunately, it just slips out of their hands consistently. Like taking taking 16, 14 losses up against Touchpoint, respectable. Taking a 20, 20, uh, 22, 20 loss against Brazen, acceptable, right? Yeah. Like all of these losses are just acceptable, but you can't keep losing kind of thing, you know? And it's really hard because all of their games other than one have been within a five-round range. That's crazy. That's yeah. like, like, and that's within a five-round range, not including the fact that most of them are within like two or three rounds, so... So that for them to be down zero six in the season, it's got to be heartbreaking for them. But at the end of the day, you have to be like, guys, we almost just beat this team, like, and this team, and this team, you know? No, exactly. And it, they have gone through a roster change as well. I might add. I guarantee you, it'll push through eventually. But when is that going to happen? It, that's kind of where you're sitting can, right now. You just need it to happen sooner rather than yeah, later. I think it's definitely a roster issue. Um, looking from the outside in, as well as knowing a lot of the players from the inside out. It's, I think, personally, a little bit of an identity crisis that they have on who should be where doing what. Yeah. Legend quite obviously wants to be the offing and game leader. Uh, Fear, who was just in the team originally, also is very well known for offing. And he and Legend have some history, and that didn't pan out for them, and it didn't pan out this time either, unfortunately, for both parties. So now we find ourselves in some kind of weird limbo where they have to figure out whether or not they want to move forward with this five or figure out something completely new because everyone on the roster seems to be capable of doing their job really well. It's just a matter of how you can do your job really well if the job that needs to be done in order for you to do your job is not being done very well. So that's I think that makes enough sense, and if you watch any of their games, you'll probably catch what I mean uh, at some point or another, but I think JSP is a talented player. Foxel's talented. I think they're all talented. I've said that already, but that, it yeah. really just comes down, I think, to whether or not they want to keep the identity that they have as five, like in a system, or if they want to change it up a little bit, because I think it might need a change. I don't know if sticking with what they have is going to work long term. So I mentioned we were going to talk a bit more about Brazen, uh, and there's a reason why. We actually have a player profile this episode again, uh, and this time around it's going to be Pengnax. Dakota Pengnax, St. Louis, 21 years old. What do you got for me, Tony? Yeah, we love the player profiles. I like the player profiles because it gives me an excuse to talk about players that I actually watch. So... With 11.95 R-dubs in the season so far and 80 ADR, 80.39 ADR to be exact, is Pengnax. And he is with Brazen for the season, as previously mentioned. He's 5-1, and one, and he's boasting 0.8 frags per round right now, which is actually insane. He's tied for the top, the top in the team with Isaac. And for that to be the case is just absolutely absurd. And at this level, he continues to perform. And it doesn't look like he's slowing down as they just won that EGL event we were talking about earlier. They're 5-1 and one up in the season, looking to find playoffs without even dropping more than maybe like three or four maps, I can only imagine. And now with his best performance in the season being 40 kills, 
I had a 22 to 20 game against Hyperspace Dark with 88 ADR. This guy is absolutely absurd. Yeah, and there's something to be said about longevity. Uh, this Brazen roster has been together at least as a core, if not all five. They've been together for quite a while. Uh, so they built up quite a rapport with each other. And, you know, it just speaks to it. He's been with Brazen from season 37 to now. So that's four seasons. And they've they've been crushing advanced, and especially this year they've t- it seems like they took a step forward last season, and right now they're just continuing to push forward. Uh, they made the premier relegation tournament. That's kind of the highest they've got, but it certainly looks like they're going to do that again, make playoffs, make that relegation tournament, and potentially push for a challenger spot. So yeah, Pangnax he's looking really good. And there's a lot of good players on that roster, but you know, shout out to the uh, the guy who's really been doing it. I know I watched the game he played, ancient. And uh, there was a, a few rounds where he won some 1VX situations, and they were they were clutch. They were very clutch. Yeah, he's a pretty clutch player. He's indeed a pretty clutch player. And that whole team might have their chance at some point or another to be on this player profile, because there's no, there's nothing to say that, that we can't do another brazen player, brazen player. <laughs> from week to week so you know what just let's just see let's just see you guys keep banging them out every uh every game and then maybe we'll we'll see another name on next episode who knows but yeah in, and in the meantime oh in the meantime here well you know provide some you know message tony and Ar- tony and i be like hey you know i saw this player in advance he looks pretty good and we'll, we'll take a look we'll yeah we're, we're here to bring a spotlight forward and pengnax isn't necessarily a name that exactly jumps out of the page on brazen you know you think of isaac you think of heretic you think of solgo on those on that team but He's still one of those players, and we we love looking at those players that, you know, you don't exactly, they don't jump on the page, but they're here. Yeah, like Park said, you know, just feel free to interact. Like, guys, shoot shoot comments down below on either platform that you're, or any platform that you guys happen to be listening or watching on, the player that you want to see or maybe we should look into. Maybe you want to see them on the episode and we can try and get a hold of them. We can definitely go for their try. We are, our Twitter DMs are also open, I believe, if anyone wants to shoot it that way and you want to make it a little more secretive. But uh, moving <laughs> on, we've got my favorite part of the episode, Cringe Control. I get to spew my random nonsense rosters for fun, and Parks comes up with the restrictions. And for this episode... We have the restriction of first names. You have to have all five players with the same first name. Lettering doesn't have to be spelt the same, but the name itself has to be. So, uh, for instance, Mike and Michael, those are both the same, for example. But that's not that's not what I'm using today. Uh, Three-fifths <laughs> of the roster has to be North American, because I wasn't able to find five players with the same name at a good level in North America. <laughs> so, here we are now, and we're going to be getting it underway. As my first player, I'm going to be having a coach, actually, as the in-game leader spot for my team. He'll probably be sharing it with one of the other players, or maybe two of them, or maybe even three. It's Adren. He is the current coach for Team Liquid, the head coach of that roster. Eric Hogue, as you can tell, that is going to be the theme for this entire team. The name Eric. And unfamiliar face. <laughs> never played with him before in his life. Flom. That's the second player. <laughs> AWP player. Can you guess who the third player is? It's Eric. Also on Team Mythic. Who could have guessed? The three players who all happen to come from Team Mythic are going to be showing themselves on this squad today. Not quite sure what role he plays, but I'm pretty sure he's just a regular old rifler. He could probably fill in any of the aggressive spots that they may need. And to follow him up into the bomb sites would be the Norwegian Truth. Coming from ATK now, moving all the way from Norway to America, he will be competing with them for the foreseeable future. And he's a banger talent also, so this team actually isn't terrible, to be completely honest with you. Um, I think that they could definitely do some damage in advance if they were a team altogether like Mythic already is. And yeah. as the fifth spot, the player who I have as my supportive rifler and potentially in-game leader is ZTR from the Young Ninjas. He formerly was on the NIP main roster. He was standing in for a little bit, but now he finds himself 
over in the Young Ninjas roster, the Academy team, whatever you want to call it. And in my team, I think he'd be a pretty star player as well. He'd probably be fragging out against a lot of the players in North America right now, regardless of of how low he might feel in Europe. He'd come here and he'd probably still do a hell of a, a hell of a good job. So that is the roster at the Dren, Flom, Eric, Truth, and ZTR. So one out of ten, how cringe. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm going to give that a solid seven. The fact that it's a mythic core because for some reason they're always going to – there's always at least one Eric on that roster, and it's just it's great when there's there's no always at more. least one Eric. There's always on that at least roster. one, and for some reason there's usually two, and it continues to amaze me uh, that you found. I these hope other a drink comes back at some point. I that hope he does. you know what that would be amazing, and then they need to pick up ZTR and Truth, and we will have truly an amazing squad. That that honestly, that's a good challenger team. <laughs> all right seven out of ten team cool i think it's a seven out of ten team yeah cool all right yeah we got that down pat all right this is a pretty <laughs> successful segment of cringe control now and that'll guide us smoothly into a little bit more of a serious topic coming up in the grand scheme of north american counter-strike and i'll let parks lead off with that one yeah so we got some happenings around the na scene yet things have been happening of course and I think the biggest one, the biggest story, at least for everybody in uh, on Twitter or who supports no. under underneath uh, the pro level is party astronauts having a GoFundMe because they weren't going to be able to fund their own way to Europe. Uh, they did have a um, they did have round trip tickets from EPL. That's what EPL was going to supply them. But as a result of there being other tournaments, they had to. Uh, or no sorry the the flights would have gotten them to germany but the tournament itself was actually in malta so the plan was they were going to need a bit more money to accept those flights and other flights that might or needs that might come up they were looking for a land center to do their uh boot camp once they got to europe uh, a whole bunch of things so they were getting money through this gofundme i believe they ended up as of right now they've raised just under seven thousand dollars uh to do all that so and they came big in terms of showing up, I know Astralis, they were very interested in having the boot camp there. Uh, Lead Academy, I think, was the one that they ended up going with because they offered first. So there was a lot of good things coming out of that. And then it just kind of went wrong. Yeah. Just a so, little bit. Just a little bit wrong. Uh, Germany ended up changing their requirements to get into the country via um, America. So... Uh, the vaccination status was were a little bit more tightened, and as a result, they weren't able to go as a full five or as a full because... six, I guess, because Munster, because one of their players was not fully vaccinated, he had a um, under the old restrictions, he would have been able to go in if he had a negative test, and then he would have had his booster, and he would have been fine. They strangled it so you had to be fully vaccinated coming in, and what that means is you got your shot plus two weeks, you would, and then you're considered fully vaccinated. Uh, the one player was not; he was going to get his shot the day before they left so he would have then been uh two weeks into being in germany he would have been considered fully vaccinated but by then it would have been a little too late because of course he had to be in germany for those two weeks or he would have had to be out of germany for those two weeks to then join them uh in going to the tournament so the flights got canceled and originally they didn't make any of the they got canceled and they weren't going to get any of the money back uh they ended up monster ended up going back and getting partial refunds or full refunds where he could but yeah, overall, it was just a little bit of a tricky situation. And what very quickly looked to be a great story kind of has fallen apart. 
Yeah, Party Astronauts was looking to be a pretty strong squad, I feel like. As soon as they picked up Cynic, I thought on paper they were really strong. Like, they already had a core that was working out. Honestly, a, a team that was greater than the sum of its parts for my money. I think Ponalone is really good at the game as an offer. I think he's he's not underrated, but definitely uh, an offer that has been underlooked over the grand scheme of North American Counter-Strike. Offers, probably. Not necessarily making like him like a star pickup or anything like that. Like I understand all of the risks and things like that, but very solid player. DJ, definitely a solid role player for that team. Not a superstar by any means, by any stretch, but he gets his job done constantly. Ben Lee is a genius. That guy seems to be making teams work constantly. Uh, wherever he goes, he just manages to do it. Like he's no, he's no uh, glaive or anything like that. But for North American CS, he seems like he's always been there. And now Cynic joins uh, with with that core, that that well set core that's been there for so long, along with the coach. And I was like, this is going to be great. And supposedly, according to Cynic, it hasn't really all been sunshine and rainbows. It's been a little bit of a disconnect between the players and how much effort they should be giving towards the game, how much they should be changing their game style, how they should be approaching the game, and that's all well and good. But where we come down to business now is the fact that John G takes to Twitter following Cynic's twit longer, exposing, quote unquote, I'm going to say exposing just because I don't really know how <laughs> to phrase it, how his yeah. team has not been putting in the effort that he has hoped and he has not been reciprocating or not this the feeling of reciprocation for all of his effort has not been felt. Yeah. So with that, we have John G in response saying a lot of different things, how how he's... Um, ruined their chances uh it's it's basically like the it's basically a big flop from cynic uh, at the end of the day that, that john g is trying to point out how he he kind of flopped their chances and that's fair that's all well and good and i already spoke about this a little bit on twitter so i'm not really going to go off but i think that there's a way that you should handle your problems and i feel that john g maybe took this one a little bit out of hand i think he probably went a little bit too far in the words that he used i think he didn't really emotionally charge himself enough before putting out the tweets to get him a good stance in the public's eye based on what he wants to get across. And my personal opinion is that if Cynic's decision was bad for you guys professionally, this decision is just as unprofessional in in the world of, of professionalism. What you're doing is equally as unkind, I feel like, to your entire point to find an org. Uh, I feel like that's just not something that orgs would look kindly upon. Yeah, it's so you have to put your best foot forward here, and it, it just doesn't seem like any of these guys did. I'm um, cynically, nope. he, yeah, he no. justified it himself, but you know, it seems but kind there's of weird. always two sides to every story. Yeah, there's always two sides to every story here, and he leaves them in a really bad spot. Yeah, and I understand you leaving because you don't want to be in such a bad environment. I bad totally timing. support that. The timing is bad, the situation as to why you're leaving can kind of there's a few, a few conclusions can be drawn um it, it just it does not it doesn't come out great yeah. for either side here um and north least, america lost twice that's what i said yeah Twitter. north america, north america, america lost, twice. lost twice i 100 agree with that uh and party astros now in the next few days they have to find a fifth they have to figure out how they're going to play in epl um yeah. and there's a bunch of tournaments that are coming up that they are trying to attend uh namely narmr coming up that's the first open qualifier is march 10th uh, there's two. There are seven spots available, three in the first, four in the second. Um, and they need to be there for that if they want to get into yeah. this major cycle, which is so important. Yeah, um, and the fact that Cynic is going to the Chococheck team, supposedly, according to the, the little hint, I guess, that uh, Janji threw over Twitter. Also saying, have fun with match fixers. Um, oh, that's he, not great. He wants to go to that team in order to have his hard work and dedication pay off. 
yeah, if that's your choice, you're not making a great choice. Um, I, I just it, don't see, unless everyone on the team just decided they wanted to turn a new leaf now that Cynic wanted to join the team, which is entirely possible, perhaps. The one thing that I could foresee being possible here is that Cynic replaces Exotic and starts offing again. And then they actually do manage to get into these lands and attending them. If it is true that Exotic just does not want to attend lands, if that is that, if all of everything about him is is to be believed, but then all about what he said about himself is also to be believed, and he just gets replaced, they can go to lands now. Problem solved. Yeah, I, I don't know. The the revolving door that is Choco Check is a mystery yeah. to everybody outside that team. So. so I guess we'll just find out in time. Yeah, we, you know, we'll come back in two weeks and this will probably all kind of put through because roster restrictions are coming up and lands are going to happen and we're just going to be here kind of watching it from the outside, like we usually do. Yeah, exactly. As per um, usual. Yeah, as per usual, NACS, uh, speaking of looking on the outside here, we've got three teams in Europe right now, uh, Liquid EG and Complexity. They haven't been doing the best. How, 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 how bad is, is bad? How bad is bad? Do we think? I don't know. Is 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 all of this just like a test period? I think that's what I'd like to chalk all of it up to. For the most I, part, I agree with you. I think it's I think it's it's not a honeymoon. It's a yes. let's figure out what we are because these yes. teams did major shifts. All of them. They yes. all have new cores, um, except for Complexity, who is no, now under a new org. They have new extra players in Junior and Grim that core of uh oh and floppy was a late join so really it's technically yeah technically it's, it's a new team a, i guess it's a new team i would consider a new team yeah, yeah so i i like that they're in europe finding themselves i think yes. that's the best environment to do it in um katavice was not the best for liquid uh right. eg hasn't when was the last time EG played? Yeah, so I can I can get, run you through the timeline of, of how they've done so far, if you'd like. Yeah, yeah, let's go through Yeah, it. so Gambit um, is the first team that Complexity got to play as the opener of North American Counter-Strike in 2022. It went all three maps, actually, with Complexity taking Vertigo off of them, which is a pretty impressive result, considering that Gambit's probably one of the best Vertigo teams in the world, for my money. Yeah. Um, and, and, and obviously growing pains like you weren't expecting to beat Gambit no one was expecting Complexity to beat Gambit so it's, it's honestly a pretty good result for them to find on their opener a map win right against mm -hmm. a really strong map uh, map team rather and then they play Ecstatic in the lower bracket and they lose out 2-0 that's kind of painful that's not one that you probably want to go home with on your shoulders knowing that that's the team that you played and lost to knowing that Complexity probably should be beating them out pound for pound anyway but again Brand new team for the most part. A lot of new positions to be played. Opping is a different style entirely with OC now being gone and Junior yeah. being in the team. So uh, they move on. They just refresh their head, get into the next event. G2. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> 16 to 12. Battered. Lower bracket. Big. More doable. But like best of one series, you can't really... You kind of coin toss it at that point. Because yeah. Big also made a roster change and weren't looking crazy good with Gate at all. Now Cole comes in with a new team. And they take them 16 to 10 on Nuke. Also, not a terrible result for them, to be completely honest, I feel like. Um, and then we see EG in the lower uh, the uh, lower bracket of Group C, having lost out to Vitality 16-3. Liquid lose to FaZe 15-19. Also a very good result, in my opinion, for them right out the gate, because I think that FaZe is probably on paper the easiest team to make work, like right off rip. Um, EG lose out to Liquid in the lower bracket, nineteen to seventeen. It was a great, a great derby. Personally, I thought it was awesome. <laughs> uh, I watched that one. I had a great time. And then Phase just beat Liquid again. So like, Blast didn't go too well either for these teams. I guess they kind of just have to move on with whatever they've got. Um, there was a best of three between EG and Big actually, and that 
they did manage to take a map off of in the in the revenge game, but Big still win out either uh, at the end of the day. Um, Navi take down Liquid in that same event to knock them out in the play-in stage, and then right into Katowice, the most recent, the most uh, prevalent. We can talk about the fact that Twist on Phase with Phase has been doing a phenomenal job in this event so far. Having JKS as a stand-in initially, that team has been banging out, and I love to see Twist doing well personally because he's one of my favorite players of all time. I think he's really, really like underrated in terms of like the grand scheme of CS. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, Liquid here at Katowice, they take on in their first round, I believe, phase, best of three. They take one map off of them, the opener of Mirage, and then they kind of falter on the last two maps, unfortunately for them. Brokey's been looking hot throughout the entirety of the event, so it's really hard to get the ball rolling when OC really can't find his footing and everybody else can't really do so as well. But statistically, not a whole lot of wrong. Maybe Nitro needs to pick it up a little bit more to make this team work out, in my opinion because they lose out 0-2 in the lower brackets to G2 right after in a pretty convincing fashion. So from here on out, my analyst, my analyst, my analysis of it <laughs> is that Nitro might need to start like finding his footing sooner or later, which he should hopefully at least a little bit now that he's still trying to transition back into like the highest level of play. Um, OC, I really don't have too much like to worry about for OC or Elige or Nath for that matter. Um, I'm really not too worried about them personally. And then... From there, it's just the leadership itself from Nitro that needs to to find its way back in because they trust him clearly, and the mm -hmm. Dren works in the system very well too. So that's my yeah. little rant on NICS so far. I think I think we're seeing progress, and I, I it's good to see it happening abroad. Uh, I'm happy that we're we're seeing kind of the teams they're starting to find their legs a little bit there. Yeah, uh, Complexity has an identity; they know who they are. They just need to you know mesh together a bit longer, yeah. spend some more time. They'll be good. E.g., they're missing a bit of their identity. They've got the old core of a major winner, um, but they've got that kind of two extras. And I, I mentioned we talked about it a little bit earlier. Cirque and Breeze, they're they're not they're not really performing as you'd expect, uh, which is unfortunate because that team can be great if they do kind of hit those expectations. What what I'm expecting of them, which is, um, you know, you know, when they first initially went to Europe together and they they. they they showed up, right? It's it's not there as much, and it really needs to be soon because uh, you need five players. You can't just have three. Yeah. And, Liquid, and Liquid's looking good. Their roles, all three of these North American teams have good roles on paper for the most part. I think EG is probably the closest to bad roles, uh, just based on the fact that like Breeze probably still needs to figure a lot about how he wants to maneuver around his new team out, which is going to be yeah. kind of weird for him. Um, Cirque, uh, like, op, uh, rush, entry, Stewie, entry automatic uh like follow-up entry like he not entry obviously but like kind of like the cleanup just a little bit yeah and breeze should have in theory one of the easier jobs he should have one of the easier jobs of the team to kind of just be that player who can bait a little bit more because stewie's not going to be baiting you that, that much is for sure he'll be baiting himself <laughs> if anything so yeah i think that the fact that they have really good roles on paper is what's going to make it the easiest to work through uh these three north american teams if they actually manage to do that it should be in relative I don't know how to word it. Soon. It should be soon. Should be in the soon. next three months, I think, that we should be yeah. seeing them at least improve. At least. No, I, I think, yeah. The, the, we, we we're in this period of they're just finding each other. They're figuring yep. out how they want to play. Next, yep. we're going to see a bit of a better better showing from all. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited. I am as well, yeah. Um, other things I'm excited about, we're just going to kind of quickly run through these two things. Slow was named the FPL product manager in NA. So congrats to him. Big up. He's been doing so well with the Mythic stuff. Uh, they just ran the Mythic Winter Cup number two. Great again. Uh, and it's, it's only going to get better. Uh, at SlovCS on Twitter. Just go drop yeah. him a follow. He is Why amazing. Not? He's done yeah. so great. 
Uh, the other thing that's come back, Refrag. Uh, if you ever kind of were looking at ESCA, they had a small program. Or, or they were they had a, an introduced a new program last year called Refrag. Um, it had like Restrat, Nader, these these little little things. Pre-fire uh, maps as well, yeah. Yeah, all of it was just to help you kind of practice your CS, get better on your own instead of having to constantly be playing pugs and other things. It, it was basically theory crafting uh, and other practice stuff. That got dropped. Uh, Elysian Pimp, though, they decided they were going to keep it going. They are the owners of it, and they're doing a great job. Yeah, they are doing a great job. And it's kind of funny to me that those two have stayed in such close proximity to one another in terms of relations for so long. It's really cool to see them actually doing another project together, even if it's not in the game. It's really cool. Yeah, you think of the, the, the friendships that came from that Liquid roster when he was there. He You could tell that he had a big impact. Cause yeah, well, he yeah. <laughs> he, he was just, he was great, at least with them, in terms yeah. of personality. Yeah. Uh, talking about personality, guess who's back on the transfer list? Is it infinite? Well, yeah, but he's he's getting he's health concerns, right? Is uh, it? I got it. I got it. Uh, you got it? Why not? No. All right. Not yeah, you. yeah I mean, you're doing contact. Uh, it's Nifty. Nifty is Nifty. Back oh wow, he is back looking. Wow, crazy, right? Yeah. Um, if you can't tell, I'm a little. I'm a fifty. I'm I'm seventy five twenty five on Nifty. I'm not. I'm not a huge seventy five. 75 no i didn't even think that is yes. generous yeah. oh 75 no okay now yeah, we're, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah now we're uh <laughs> yeah we're, we're more realistic we're here um yeah. i think he's good enough for an advanced level but i don't think he wants that <laughs> I... okay maybe he finds a spot on chaco trick yeah okay <laughs> anyway <laughs> i guess the bottom line of it all is that if nifty comes back he's gonna he's probably gonna have to settle a little bit He's probably yeah. going to have to take something that's not exactly the heights that he wants to reach immediately and work his way up. I that. don't see a protein picking him up. Just point yeah, blank. No. I do not yeah, see I a protein picking him up. I don't feel so either. He's been too far out of it. Uh, talking about teams that have been a bit out of it, we're going to talk about the ones that have been on it. Uh, Cash Cups have come around, and Dap's team, Orlis, yeah. they, won one, they won Frag Winter, which was yeah. number three. And they crapped on everyone that event. They really did. Daps was the highest rated player at that event with a 1.4. Daps was the highest rated player at the event. That's something. Great work from him, first (laughs) off. And then, second off, now we find them with a roster change, though. Oh, really? Yeah, it's uh, infinite. Like we were saying, stepping away for right, health issues. Right. And Kusta, back from Valorant, back from Gen G, now makes his return with Daps after being with him at the end of Gen G. He recognizes that he was the best player in Gen G at the time when they had left, so he brings <laughs> him right back in. Why would you not? And obviously, he was the best player. It's Kusta. Kusta. Yeah. I love Kusta, that, by the way. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell. Orgulous post post uh, liquid. I love Kusta. Post liquid Kusta. <laughs> yeah, post liquid Kusta. Post liquid Kusta. Um, I'm, I'm excited for Orgulous. I think. Orgless as a team is going to be really interesting coming into the future. Yeah. Uh, especially with, like, it seems like they're bringing back a lot of people from Valorant. If that's their entry back in, fine by me. Go as long it. as we're getting the good players coming, we're getting good players coming back, and they're upgrading the scene, and they're showing that they can do great things, I'm all for it. Um, in terms of other cash cups going on, we did have the women's cash cup number three, and uh, CLG Red weren't actually able to play in this one because they'd won the first two. So that's the rule. I forgot about this rule. It's been so long since this happened. Because originally it was a, a rule, and it affected Bad News Bears a lot, because they would win all these events. They'd go 2-0, and they'd have to wait. Right. They'd have to sit one. Uh, it's the same rule again. This The rule still exists, but it just it hasn't ex- 
hasn't been used recently because there's a, you know three or four teams that always try and uh, win those events. Yeah, the so female C- CST and all, uh, scene also doesn't really have a whole lot of uh, teams that can fill the gaps, so that's kind of difficult for them to yeah, push through. I feel like seven seven solid teams for sure right now. Uh, you can yeah. probably make an eight or a ninth, um, depending on who you look at. Soon but, enough, they're they're getting more and more teams signing up. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, so anyways, with Sealed Red not being able to be in this cash cup, they actually went and played in the regular one. I don't think they did too, too well. Um, but they played like an advanced squad off the hop, so it was kind of rough on them. Right. Uh, little Box ended up winning, actually. Uh, and the Little Box, they, they're they a bit of a storied lineup. Um, they've kind of filtered from org to org. They played under Able for a while. They played under Cyberstorm. So it's a well-known team. I think they made main, I want to say. Um, so it's a good team, and they ended up playing the three a three map grand final, which is interesting because usually with Steel Reds, it's kind of quickly two maps and they kind of go home. Uh, they played against a team called Please Send Help, which is I believe a fifteen woman roster, and it's like a scrim team basically, and they kind of join and they play. Um, three map thriller, it, honestly, it was such a good map, and uh, Ben Akage can attest to that because he was casting it with me. Shout out to Benny. Um, I liked it. I I enjoy it. I enjoy the the women's cash cup a lot. Yeah, you guys seem to be getting really into that, and it's exciting now that they're finally having a platform that they can play on more and more. And now the European female scene is also getting a little bit more, a little bit more help too with the GG for all initiative. That's that's yeah. really good for them. Um, I'm excited to see how far down the line that goes. I'm excited to see who who's the next take the big step into the female CS pool and make it sustainable and not just here's one event, guys. See you next year. You know, yeah. Like, I want to find it to be a more sustainable, consistent way of flowing these teams through, and then we'll attract more and more female teams and players either back from Valorant or into the game in general, or just move them up where they're just finally being noticed. And it's actually something I want to talk about really quickly before, um, yeah, no, we move on to our our, our final little piece is the um the fact that these female CS teams now finally, like I said, with this platform, they need to not only support themselves, but I think organizations need to start taking taking a little bit more initiative themselves. I feel like it's a lot of the times the players individually who are having to fight for all of this, and I think now it's finally to the time where organizations need to take a stand and be like, okay, let's get their game streamed. Let's let's have all of their, uh, their promotions on Twitter ready to go. Let's have all of their links ready to go. Let's put out some content. Let's put out some new merch. Like, at this point in the game, if it's just going to be the players pushing for all these new changes, then I don't think it's going to work. And I think it's time that organizations who are actually supporting them actively, quote-unquote, wait to wake up and do it more, you know? Yeah, and I, I think props to CLG Red. Yep. They've really yeah. started putting stuff out there. Goose Breeder putting out column videos, which are always yep. really funny to watch. Those are um, awesome. They're Love so those. good. They're so good. Uh, but they are the only team with an org behind them in right. NA right now. It's it's kind of ridiculous. Um, and the European female teams who are who are very very good in their own right also don't really have much going on for them. Yeah, it, it's it's so unfortunate. And it's not just these two scenes. There's the South American scene, which is actually really big. It turns yeah. out it's not so much on ESCA, but like Furia have a team. Uh, I don't think MIBR do, but there's a few Brazilian organizations. They have female teams that just own, uh, which I would love to see coming in into the future. But I thought uh, MIBR had a female team. I don't know if they do did any. They? I'm pretty sure they do. Still, I know they actually. had at one point. They did. I don't know if they do anymore. But I'm like 90 percent sure they do. They do. Awesome. Um, Good. There's a South African scene. There's an Oceanic scene. Like yeah, there, there are all these scenes now that are here, kind of waiting. Or just waiting chance. for their turn yeah yeah and i i think it's going to be great in the next little bit here uh, honestly 
if you are a small organization you're looking to get some publicity signing the little box for as an na example like you're getting maybe the second best team in na but that's still a big accomplishment considering that like clg are one of the top female teams in the world and at that point you give them incentive to be the best at uh, in female cs more so than just playing the game to be the best now they have more incentive to want to be the best because you're being supportive and you can dedicate, they can de- hopefully dedicate more time to it, depending on how much. Like it, it's Better just, resources, it's all it's, great. It's great, yeah. It's it's a positive circle It's a positive circle once the money is invested. And I think with the GG for All circuit being uh, dates coming out, there are events now. There's going to be three lands, uh, one in Texas, one in Spain, and one in Sweden. So it, it's, it's, it's looking really good. I'm just hopeful that the orgs that are looking behind it do catch up and start looking at this and going, yeah, you know, we really should try something out here. I agree. I agree. And that will bring us to our last little portion of the uh, inside and outside of the server North America section with the PGL Major coming up soon. The North American qualifiers are actually starting soon as well. On March 10th to the 11th, the first open qualifier will be taking place. So keep your eyes out for that one. There's not really a whole lot to be spoken about just yet because the teams haven't been announced. But the fact that it is going to be coming up is something definitely to keep an eye out for. And I will say the one thing I'm a little bit upset about, and I know nobody really can change it except PGL, Furia getting an NA spot in the qualifier when they're a South American team. I don't know. That kind of ch- chafes me the wrong way. Um, yeah. When it's a set, I understand they play in North America. They've been playing in North America, but if you're just giving them a spot, you should probably take a South American spot because. There are a lot of Brazilian teams that when they make the jump to North America, they're not playing for South American spots anymore. They're playing for North American spots. So not only are you taking away the more dominant region in terms of where the rosters go, um, you're leaving open maybe a spot for a team that isn't as good as some of those NA teams. And I'm not trying to drag any of the South American teams. I'm not trying to drag any of the Brazilian teams. It just it seems like the allocation is a bit wrong just yeah, by the nature yeah, of I it feel that. being nationwide. Yeah, definitely um, a lot of mis mis uh, allocated mi- misallocation. That's a good word. I think your allocation it, thing was yeah. Good. And I think and the other worrisome thing was the dates of the PGL major had been moved around a lot, and part of that was because they just didn't they they're coming in so late to the game at this point. Like ESL has their year figured out. DreamHack has well, DreamHack is a part of ESL. Um, Blast has their year figured out. Like all these big TOs, they have their year figured out fitting a major in is getting harder and harder um and i really think it like i know covid was a huge thing on when and where they were gonna go it needs to kind of get resolved sooner rather than later so that when the second major of the year because they're planning on having a second major when that comes around sure hold off on announcing when and where it is well don't you can't hold off on when but you can hold off on where you can't hold off on the TO deciding when the qualifiers are because it's such a big thing in terms of rosters. Like party astronauts, they were just going to go and they were going to stay in Europe. They were going to do EPL and they were going to come home. Now they've got to wait or they've got to go back and forth or they got to play from Europe because this RMR has come in and they need to play it to qualify. Uh, and it's just one of those things like they are supposed to be in Europe at this point. It, what do you do? So it's it, there needs to be a bit finer tuning in terms of that. Am I excited for the major? Hell yes, I'm excited for the major. Yeah. 
I'm excited for the major too. I don't think anybody <laughs> feel like if you're a Counter Strike fan, you cannot be excited for the major. So, like, like I said, we'll keep our eye out for that, and that throws us into our final segment of the episode, guys. It's going to be Parks's turn now, so I'm going to let him have the floor. Yeah, let's get to the last thing here. Yeah, I think I think, I think. <clears throat> I'm thinking hard here. Um, yeah, it's I not can see too hard I can to see think, the steam though. coming out of your head. The steam is blowing out. <laughs> um, sad day. Uh, RBM a few uh, maybe a week and a bit ago, they are closing up shop. Uh, they are putting out the last of their articles and they are done. Ryan is moving on to a new uh, esports related job, and as a result, he's quitting his old job in finance. And as he's just he's not going to have the time to dedicate to RBM, so it's going to be gone. Um, I don't know what's happening with the articles or the site. I assume it's going to stay open public view. Uh, and for historical referencing, maybe they come back eventually. But yeah, as of right now, Rush V Media is dead, uh, which is such a sad day because as a grassroots organization, to give new voices a chance to shine, um, it was so good. And it's been going on, what, four years now? It's 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 sad. Um, I met a lot of good people from Rushby Media. There, a lot more. of them have gone. I think it's more than that now, actually. More than four years. There you Close, go. I think it might be more than five. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so upsetting, honestly. It's yeah. just like such a good. It was a good project. It wasn't meant to make money. It was meant to just give people a voice. It was meant to grow people's resumes, make them more comfortable in esports. Uh, a lot of good Valorant and otherwise content creators have come from Rushby Media. Uh, George Geddes comes out to mind like immediately. He did a few articles with Rush B and then he kind of got noticed and he was able to push on and find work that paid him for what he did and what he loved. Um, so it, it is sad. And the podcast itself hasn't been around for a long time, but Crouch Peak is a new, it was a new Rush B podcast and that it, it's just all of a sudden now there's a void, I guess. And it wasn't even just an NA void because they did do articles for European talents, for CIS talents, I believe they had Brazilian uh, rosters, or not rosters, they had Brazilian writers as well. It's it's just a big loss, and I think we're going to feel that hole in the next few months. Um, and it, it's one of those things that you hope Dust2 maybe can pick up a bit of the slack, at least in NA. HLTV has done a good job, and there's so many vendors out in EU, so I don't think they'll see it as much, but in terms of an NA company, or an NA group that was showing you know we're trying to recover this we're trying to we're trying to show uh that we, na is feasible for cs and it has to be uh for it to be gone it's just it's a it's it's bad yeah it's definitely a little bit of a kick in the pants to the entire scene i feel like the idea the concept behind rush B media like you said was definitely really influential i feel like it could have gotten a lot done and it was getting a lot done too i feel like it was only just getting the ball rolling really on what it could have accomplished um, but all of the people individually very talented. I'm sure they'll find places to work, assuming that they actually want to continue working. Hopefully in the next coming weeks, months, however long it may be, we'll see something pop up. Maybe we'll see something new. Maybe we'll see a new project come through. Maybe even we'll see these individuals make a name for themselves on their own, which would be really exciting. I'm not sure what they're up to in the in the meantime or if they have anything planned, but I guess that'll all come in due time. But I, like you said, Rush B Media, definitely a hole that's been left that I I can only help but feel that once that hole has been left, it's only a matter of time before somebody realizes it and then fills it. So yeah. Let's just pray, hope and pray that that <laughs> is going to be the case in, in sooner rather than later time. Yeah, that, 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 that it, it, 
somebody will figure out it needs to be there and i'm just hoping it it has as good a mission as and as good a product as what rush beating media was because you know we mentioned again the ball rolling they were doing a case four on all players like they did one for msl yeah. they did one for goal like they they've done really interesting articles that everybody else kind of just doesn't really think about because there's yeah. so much actual like announcements coming through and everything else nobody really has the time to make these longer form articles about these players that might have been the, missed in the overall the creative content is just underappreciated yes it was under i think that's actually the case about all of counter-strike to be completely honest i feel like creative mm -hmm. content is just underappreciated all the way through because what you see at the top of creative content are like the score esports which are have your opinions on how the score esports does their content but at the end of the day i do <sighs> think that i i personally appreciate at least the the ideas that they put out i like the yeah. the discourse that what they're trying to get across is trying to get across if that makes sense like not necessarily yeah. the execution perhaps but i actually do appreciate how they go about a lot of their work because i love the history of counter-strike i love talking about roster moves and changes i love talking about individual players and how they have gone throughout their careers and they do a lot of that whether or not it's good is uh, is up to um the the spectator but yeah no it, and yeah, it, the ex I think the big thing there is the execution. Rush Media had really good execution on their yeah, articles. Good execution. And uh, again, sorely missed. Um, Little room to fail on a project that is not profit. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy to think about how like you they didn't have really much to lose in terms right. of what they were putting out. So they just kind of put out whatever, and they found a lot of really interesting art. They made a lot of really interesting articles. They diamonds in the rough i guess is the best way to say it. yeah they, definitely they found they found what they were looking for and they ran with it and it worked out really well so yeah they will be missed um yeah it's such a sad way to end the episode yeah i mean i want to end it on a little bit of a hopeful note then you know like i think like myself and a couple of other content creators now in the scene or i hope that i will be in in the near future <laughs> if i can actually get anything done um, yeah. with, with the, this podcast being obviously something that we we put a little bit more time and effort to now we're starting to kick that off i have a lot in the works that i want to be sharing with the public sooner rather than later a lot a lot of creative content that i just have to actually get done through and i'm really excited to see how that pans out because i want to have a lot of other people involved also so um, i hope that not only my work gets to be seen but the work of everyone who is now starting to finally realize the importance of what it means to be a counter-strike fan and not just somebody who watches counter-strike um, I think that's where all of that content will find its 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 viewers. They'll find its audience. So in due time, I think we will be back with something. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, I this is like I said, this is kind of where we're getting to the end of here. We're we're pretty much done this episode. We ran out of things to talk about. So well, things we think we thought. We, yeah, things we think we thought. <laughs> I I thought I thought it was a good a good topic. It, it was good. It was a good topic. Um, it's a good it's good to remind ourselves that things are fleeting in terms of like they're not going to be around forever you think about all these teams that are going to be around the golden five they weren't around forever yeah. so um in I terms think about of it like around, this like a, sorry like trees die and then yeah. like the seeds they'll they'll replant they'll replant and we'll get a bigger forest no exactly so hoping for a bigger forest hoping for a uh, a bigger content creation area here yeah uh, that that is it from us for today though uh if you did like anything Reach out to us on Twitter. I'm Parks2214 on Twitter, and you are... Why not FPS on Twitter? Yeah, there you yes. go. So we're always on Twitter. I Both our DMs, I think, are open. Absolutely. Uh, comments on the videos, always appreciated. Leave a like, please. And just 
we'll try to be back within two weeks instead of a month. <laughs> yeah, uh, like again, like the comments thing, like we said earlier on in the video, player profiles. Let us know, guys, if you have any feedback, any suggestions, throw that our way too. Like we make, will, we're open for everything. Make some rules for cringe control. Because make some rules for cringe control, guys. We're running out. <laughs> those are those are so funny. Yeah. Well, it helps when you take more than a day to figure out your roster. You're, you, well, you know, it doesn't take me too long. It's just it's just the fact that I actually have to research <laughs> sometimes. To research that's a little deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that'll right. be it for us, guys. That'll be uh, episode two on Done and Dusted uh, in the books. And we'll see you guys in the third one, hopefully, next week and not two, two weeks, weeks two from weeks. now. But two weeks. Two weeks. No, two weeks oh, we are doing two weeks. Two weeks from oh, now. Oh, beautiful, We're guys. Two weeks from now. Two. We will see you two weeks from now. Don't expect too much from us. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you.